like the song, you know, and I thought it was fitting to introduce the topic of what one might call positive stereotyping and the idea of uh, the idea of positive stereotyping can lead to uh, it can lead to some very dangerous things such as romanticism the romantic the, the romanticism wait the romanticization <laughs> how do you say it the romanticization <laughs> i can't say it <laughs> Welcome to Podcast IRC, conversations with Indigenous scholars to advance understandings and gain new knowledge, hosted by the Indigenous Research Centre at Salish Kootenai College. It can lead to romanticizing the way we think about ourselves, you know, not, I mean, not even taking into account what other people think about natives, but more importantly, what we think of ourselves. And that's kind of what this idea of positive stereotyping is, where we embody some or embrace some stereotype that's not necessarily true. And then we, it becomes part of something that we often think of, of as ourselves. And one of those uh, examples is uh, something like, um, you know, uh, natives are, all natives are holistic thinkers or circular thinkers, which uh, I, I don't know, I guess you could embrace that and you could tout it as a characteristic of yourself. But um, I don't necessarily think that's 100% true. What do you guys think? Everybody thinks that. If you're native, you have like a supernatural sense. You know what I'm saying? So like, you're saying we don't? I don't know. Do we? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, mean, I, I do. I, you I do? mean, I use it every day. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm using it right now. <laughs> I knew what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I just feel like positive stereotypes kind of set the standard a little bit high sometimes. But I think that's what makes them so dangerous is because they're presented to us as some, like they're doing us a favor. And that's kind of always how it seems like um, these types, these types, and I don't want to say it like that. These stereotypes can be embraced by native people and that's dangerous. It's not necessarily, we're used to, I think native people for the most part are used to some level of racism and bigotry and uh, prejudice but uh the this type of this stereotyping i guess i see that it's being embraced by native people and that's dangerous because what it does is it substitutes a way of thinking with a foreign way of thought that's like predetermined mm -hmm. and so that's like an example is like the stewards of the land right because it's inherently mm -hmm. not a negative. Like, you're, you're not going to say, why well, are we not stewards of the land? And I'm like, well, I guess I'm just as much a steward as the next person, you know, regardless of, but I don't, right. I don't somehow, <clears throat> by, by openly saying you're a steward of the land, I feel like that's kind of a, uh, it's like a high, that's a hierarchy system. Like it's saying, well, now I have, it, the, the land needs me to do something to, to maintain it, which is just false. You know, it's completely right. false. The, the land is going to heal and fix itself regardless of what I do. And, and land will maintain itself and evolve without the influence of me. Um, to some degree, you know, like when I say, Oh, tribal people are stewards of the land. It's like, well, we're a product of it. Like, like you're saying, Aaron, you know, we, that's, that's imposing a lot of control on us over nature, which <laughs> nature is a pretty big thing. Uh, and it's a pretty big deal. And I don't think we got the rights to control any of those things. 
and I don't think we can. I mean, we we can sure destroy it. <laughs> we can sure we 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 can sure we can sure uh, have a hand in that, and we can also have a hand in you know fixing some things that were destroyed. But to be uh, the in control of, yeah, I think we need to be more in control of ourselves first, rather than trying to control the uh, you know the deforestation problem which the problem is humans to begin with. So <laughs> that's, I, I know, it does, it does, it never makes sense to me in the, maybe, maybe I'm interpreting it wrong and maybe I'm way off base, but I like to think that, you know, we're, we're just a part of the, the, uh, the whole uh, function of the ecosystem and, you know, we can choose to step out of that and become something else. But then I don't think that's really what, uh, I don't think that's what we're meant to be. Do you think we can be in danger of overthinking that too? Overthinking that relationship? Yeah. Eh, you know, we just we 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 have so many um we have so many things that have infiltrated our our world that the that our ancestors had lived. We got so many of these other things going on that were are so unlike the 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 world that uh maybe we we strive to be in and um yeah if we if we continue to try to compare those two things yeah we we it can get burnt out pretty quickly <laughs> you should put your hand on the ground and t- then tell me what the earth wants us to fix <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that's on the yeah that's on a far end of the spectrum yeah right yeah, use your supernatural powers to 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 read the earth or like the avatar, you know, the put your braid on the on the napweed and speak to it and tell it to leave my garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put your braid on the napweed. I think that it is sort of a a dangerous thing and um I mean it it certainly um, can affect the way we think about ourselves, and then we start limiting ourselves and put these these ideas that don't need to be there. So there's that thing, um, but just like acknowledging that a stereotype comes from the outside, and so where that's coming from, kind of just putting it back there and thinking that all right, a person who has like this idea, it's a positive idea. I mean, it it's the trouble. Well. I mean, maybe kind of related to why it's so hard to get people to um, acknowledge that mascots are messed up, <laughs> that they're like, no, I'm honoring you, right? So they're they're saying that this is coming from this positive place in them, that, that they're acknowledging something that is good or admirable or whatever it is. And so you can't get them to acknowledge that it's a bad thing. So it's hard to get rid of. Mm-hmm. It's a positive thing. And so they're not going to want to examine it. They're not going to want to um, let it go. And then kind of like, when, yeah, put your braid on the napweed. And then when nothing happens in the eradication of an invasive species, <laughs> it's your fault. Because you you didn't do what you were supposed to. Like. That's, that's it's weird. I mean, to think- it's just all about somebody else. It's all about somebody else, and it doesn't yeah. really have anything to do yeah. with the person that's that's being stereotyped. And so there's that level of it. And then, of course, what you're saying about you know a person is tired of being told they're terrible in every way, and now somebody's telling them that oh, okay, this is acceptable. And so, sure, they're not going to want to constantly get you know, beat down. So they'll stick to that thing that Mm -hmm. is acceptable. And well, it is, you know, (laughs) it has, I mean, it's like the earth. So we, we view it as like, we, we got to fix climate change, but it's like, well, what if it's actually the earth trying to fix itself and get rid of us? Whoa, dude. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Let's heat this baby up and see how long they survive. Let's just drown them and burn them and then then, then we can fix ourselves. What's that? Like the something in boiling water, you just turn it up really slowly. So the world is doing that to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like 
Like the frog? Is that how you cook frogs? I, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's it's a weird way of thinking, but it does fit with that positive stereotype because it would be, well, if you think that traditional music is important, then, you know, you're going to be that really traditional um, person and you can't, um, you can't listen to other kind of music. You can't, um, you can't play other kind of music, like your idea with this guy and, and how he's thinking about, you know, okay, uh, Indian must be a good hunter. Um, so he's gonna do it in a certain way. He's gonna, um, track a deer or an elk, like through the mountains with, a bow and arrow. I mean, good luck with that. If you have a gun, <laughs> aren't you going to think that that might give you a better chance of success? <laughs> so I can't remember who said this, but they said that tribal people, especially in the plains are, are, uh, have a strong appeal to aesthetics. So like they, they enjoy fashion. They like the way things look, they like the way things sound. Mm -hmm. So regardless of, if it's tribal or not, if it sounds good and it's palatable, it's going to be absorbed, you know, into just the way tribal people think. They like cool things, you know. social pressure whatever group of people you hang out with there's a social pressure to be like that and to reject all these other things and that idea of traditionalism i think is a is a pretty powerful one you get pressures to you know like cameo was saying well guy i i want to be a traditional person so i'm, I'm not gonna i'm gonna cancel my netflix subscription and uh you know mm -hmm. maybe i'll just pray all night <laughs> i don't know you know that's the kind of the pressure that I think some young people uh, experience until they kind of learn that idea that, uh, that we don't have to buy into these positive stereotypes where, like Aaron said, we're practical people. We do things that make us feel good. And the other things, the important ceremonial things, yeah, those have their place. It's funny. It's funny to think of like um, when the horse came. I wonder if there's like some old Indian dudes sitting in their TV going like these dang kids, <laughs> they don't respect tradition. <laughs> they don't, <laughs> they're riding around real fast. <laughs> like I, just, I, want to, I, I like I, I try to picture like, like these gosh darn hoodlums and their and their horses. When we went to winter camp, we walked. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't ride those four-legged creatures. What are they, why, why, why are they in such a hurry? <laughs> them and their, them and their metal arrowheads. Oh, fancy! Oh, fancy! <laughs> I don't like. <laughs> but that's the way it was, and we liked it. <laughs> and it was the best way. And then before that, it was when the bow and arrow came and. They're like all these lazy kids <laughs> with their bows and their arrows. And who wants to carry those around, you know? Then you got to yeah. make a quiver. Don't even know what a woolly mammoth is. Yeah. Back in my day when we was hunting megafauna with my atlatl. <laughs> I think it's overly used by um, people on the outside looking in and saying, uh, getting comments like, oh, you're pretty smart for a native person or you're res really responsible for a native person, you know, so that automatically there is this idea like you're um, Native American, but you can also succeed in a Western world. That's amazing. You're automatically on a, on a pedestal just because you can pay wow, some bills. Yeah. Or, or when they say, you speak really well. I've had people say that to me. And you speak really Your well. English is impeccable. So, yeah, I went to school just as long as you did. You know, like <laughs> kind of a um, you know edging into this new territory, and uh, 
oftentimes when if you if you um prescribe to the old ways or you're thinking in those times you know when you think about your some of the people that you looked up to or that you had gotten teachings from you, you we don't we can't uh we have a hard time separating that that idea of the stereotype the positive one that when i think so yeah you know some of the other common stereotypes positive stereotypes you know you hear it a lot especially you know working at the tribal college being an instructor and you know at the interface of of these young natives you know you hear it all the time you know oh uh native people learn differently you know they're circular thinkers and uh everything they think and all the things they do are are in circles and i would listen to that you know when i was a student and even today i still hear that and i think well i i don't i think pretty linearly a lot not to say i don't think circularly but <laughs> i wouldn't embody embody that as uh, something i do all the time no you're you're right you know it becomes it, it becomes a, almost like a defense mechanism you know you can see, um, you know, people putting up a fight saying, well, I, I, I can't, um, I'm not going to do that task because it's not holistic. You're not thinking holistically mm-hmm. or I, I, I don't think linearly, so I can't do that or I will not do that. When, like you said, the, the diversity of thought and the diversity of thinking is, I think, is inherent in all people. You know, we might embrace one intuitively more than the other, but I think we both I think we all have the ability and I think we do think many different ways. It's it's just like if you think about the just the raw definition of what linear linear thinking is, you know, it just embraces logic and rules. That's it. Mm-hmm. Logic and rules. And we we do that every day. Uh, we're adopting that, but to assume that that's how tribal people did that and a lot of people will like they think that like and I, this is actually in the horse world. This is a big thing. Like native people have this touch with horses and, <laughs> and it's like, well, I, I mean, I've been bucked off horses and that horse didn't obviously didn't think I had a touch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't put your braid on it. Yeah, man. you're right. You're right. I got to plug in. I got to plug in, man. I didn't plug in. I, I know yeah. I don't want to get too far, far out of hand, but, um, as far as ster- uh, positive positive stereotypes, the horse one is a big one because um, it's it's yeah. brought up all the time. Another one, of course, is living the living in two worlds. Man, the circular thinking yeah. thing—it's like, especially in academics, that living in two worlds and circular thought or, or holistic thought is like it's in it's like it's pushed it's pushed down to you and and as far as research and when you're doing research the leaders in indigenous research methods is that's that's the foundation it's all based on this what we're told is indigenous philosophy and and but the more and more you investigate it's really like repackaged like um education pedagogy right like it's yeah. from from the education vein so it's all these um i don't know what you call them like from the 80s and like a vein in a mine like a gold like a gold like a gold, like vein. A gold mine vein <laughs> or an ore vein <laughs> education <laughs> i i don't know what I, I don't know what i'm trying to say i'm trying to say that this idea was actually the way I understand how this whole thing started with this type of philosophy, it's basically non-Indian educators trying to understand native people and then mm-hmm. reinterpreting mm-hmm. and repackaging the way native people think and then selling it back to native people. And then we bought it. Yep. That's exactly we bought it. Into it. Yep. That's the dangerous part. Yeah. It's like, I'm a farmer Marty comes to my farm, starts stealing oranges off of my farm, and then I, I see him on the side of the road, and then I buy the oranges back. Yeah, so in a way, you know, I, I think a lot of the literature out there can be, you know, like you said, filled with some of these positive stereotypes, positive stereotypes that feel good, like you want to embrace them, 
you want them to be part of what you're doing, but maybe they're not quite situated in the reality of native life. What I'm getting to is um, when I did my research about this thing called visual anthropology and I got into the indigenous film side of things, um, it can't, it um, ultimately comes down to when a native person or an indigenous person creates this work of art, this film or, or documentary, it's a, it's an act of sovereignty. You're a tribal member, you're a native person, and um, you're expressing yourself. And ultimately, it's uh, can be argued anyway <clears throat> that it's a act of sovereignty. Yes, yes. So you know, virtue, virtue, and morality, I think, are a couple big topics especially when we're talking about positive stereotyping. I think it goes beyond just the idea of thinking circular, the idea of holism, living in two worlds, where it comes down to what what kind of morals and values do we embrace? Yeah. At, you know, at on face value, and what morals and values do we embrace in, in our action? Yeah, because you're right. There is a difference. There's a difference in... Yeah. in you can feel like you like you can say, I have a kind heart, but I mean, yeah, I guess I got to take your word for it, you know? Yeah. Cause I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know, I don't know what, how does that look? It's just <laughs> like saying I'm, I'm fast, you know, it's like, well, run then. Let me see. It has to be said that we're not experts on this topic. Yeah. And that, yes, but we, but we've run into them in research and in academics and we recognize them as either speed bumps, hurdles, or, but I guess maybe I, I'm speaking for people when I shouldn't, and they they probably see them as something good. But I all I know is that if you try to apply a traditional tribal person's way of thinking to the preconditioned thinking of academics, it's not going to fit. I guess maybe in what. I've been saying it, it does come across as like a negative thing that trying to, um, trying to say that this is, this is false or this is wrong or you can't do this. I mean, if it's useful, I mean, if, if that's a pattern that can be applied to a situation and it works, then that sounds good. But there's a lot of patterns that, um, you know, could be applied that might better fit other situations that the what, what you just yeah. said there Kamiya, is exactly that's native thinking everything you just said was saying if it fits and if it works then i'll use it for that yeah but if it doesn't then i'll yeah. go with this okay Kamiya is on to something there we go But it's also the idea of that the warrior themselves, the person with the accomplishment, can't brag upon the accomplishment himself. So he's he he looks to others to do that for him. And typically it starts with his wife, then his sisters, his mothers, right? Mm -hmm. And so those people come in and they brag upon that person because in a matrilineal society, it's always the women that will do that job for you. We always say we praise in several ways. There's singing, prayer, the physical act of praying, or praising. So you can do that with the wearing the adornment adornments of of the male of the achiever, right? So the things he's bragging about, the person will wear those things, mm-hmm. and and it's a way of getting that the community to brag upon it. Cause remember tribal people during this time, they believe that uh, the greatest act of spiritual power is to test yourself in battle. So when you're tested in battle, that doesn't just mean you're a great warrior. It deems you spiritually potent. 
So people want to be mm-hmm. around that person, our people, that group that are spiritually potent. Because we believe spiritual power to be like, like you can almost rub it, like you can touch it, right? Um, my grandma tells stories about when men would come home from World War One or World War Two. Her mom and dad would say, now go to the train station and touch them. And, mm-hmm. and so they'd get off the train and, and all the women and the kids would run up to those men who came home unharmed and they would touch them to believe because we believed them to be spiritually strong, right? So the victory of the man, but really it's far deeper than that. It's like what Aaron was saying. It's, it's more, uh, um, following through with this, with this, uh, with this value of, of really being, being humble and, not just like today where you say you're humble on Facebook because <laughs> Facebook <laughs> you, want, humble. you want to brag about being humble, Facebook humble, social media humble, you know, you say you're humble followed by all the things that you've accomplished that, yeah, that's not really the way it works. But, um, so it's, it's a, it's a one piece of a larger puzzle of, um, of really a human need, right? We, we need to be recognized for the things we do, but, we're not going to go out and say, I did these things, recognize me. It's part of this larger structure. But to describe it in very small terms it is kind of difficult to do. But really it's about, you know, a value of humility and a value of just appeasing a, a natural human need, which is to be recognized for something good that yes. you're doing. Yeah. And for yeah. some reason, in Indian country, this genre of of celebration died like rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. We look at other forms of, of either ways of worship or our celebration and we were managed to keep elements of it. But this kind of form of like authentic, authentic forms of like uh, recognizing deed, it just yeah. seemed to like die out. And so- um, no, but you know what it, what it, what it reminds me of is this, is this idea that gets pushed on us just like we talked about last week about this positive stereotypes, right? So you hear this and you've heard it all that natives, Indians, American Indians are metaphorical. We talk in metaphors or we learn best by a metaphor. You heard that, right, Aaron? Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. So really, um, I'm not sure where this idea comes from, because if you're a student of the language, of your indigenous language, um, things are pretty straightforward, you know. I, I think it, it's there's not a lot of talking around things or, you know, painting this really vivid picture by using, is it adjectives? Am I using that right, Kamiya? Adjectives? Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you know this this idea of this metaphorical talk. Um, you know, I think it's I don't I don't know. I'm I'm indifferent. I don't think it's the Disney version, the uh, Pocahontas version. Um, but I do there. I do think there's some something in between. You know, certain experts in academia saying, you know, this is how you got to do it. You know, you have to talk in metaphor. You want to, in a way, they're saying you want to make people struggle to understand you. And if they want to know, they'll keep they'll keep at it and keep on the struggle to know what you're trying to tell them. And I, I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily true. Maybe there's a time and a place for the use of metaphors. And so I can think of an example like... I don't know, as a kid and the things that I was taught or like when you're trying to teach your own kids, like you don't necessarily share, you know, an exact like literal meaning of something, but put it in a perspective that they can understand. So if you're um, trying to teach like, you know, the value of um, respecting other living beings and other creatures and stuff, um, you know, you can relate it to a point where the kids sort of understand that that moral that you're trying to convey. And I think, you know, as someone who's also trying to convey kind of dense topics, like, you know, related to what I study with owl habitat and 
um, trying to describe some of those things, like it's it, using metaphors can actually be a really valuable tool in some cases. Right. But by no means do all native people <laughs> use metaphors all the time, nor do we. No. Yeah. yeah. Rely on part of me thinks, yeah, it does make sense to use something from our culture to explain your research. Because if I, even if I just say to, to Indian people, um, the symbolism, or to Crow people specifically, the symbolism of the poles connects to uh, the student experience. Like even just like giving, if that was all I were to say, they at least would be like, "Oh, the poles, okay, that you know, you know, there's connections there that 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 happen. Um, if you if you know, if you even if you know their symbolism in the teepee. Like when I started using the metaphor, I didn't even know. What all the the only thing I knew about RTP is that it had to be facing east, right? When you think about the complete process of that, metaphors in that sense are important. But when you think about me standing up with this image of this painted teepee with smoke coming out of it, and me like even just the way I change my voice, you know, if I tr- if I add any of that <laughs> stuff to it, <laughs> then it's cheesy, mm-hmm. and it and it, and it's almost. Ex- how would you say what's the word Explo- exploitative, exploitative. It's, it's exploitative yeah. at that point mm-hmm. and so trying to find that balance of using a metaphor and yeah trying to find that balance I think is where I'm at right now now that I'm ready to present on my research it's like oh crap okay I gotta think about how this is actually gonna come across and how how am I gonna present it I don't know, we have, where there's a danger, there's the danger. Every time we put something to paper, every time we describe something, there's a danger in us misinterpreting or people misinterpreting what we say and us really just doing that to appease the the thing that we were trying to achieve. In this case, you know, trying to get an education, trying to get a degree. So to what extent do we just say, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll, I can do that. And people are going to smile and they're going to, they're, they're going to love it. They're going to love the, the allegory. Is that right? What's an allegory? Kamiya, what's allegory? Um, and it, it's an extended metaphor. So, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I love, our, we need like a index. <laughs> right. It sounds good, man. It sounds cool. You know, when you can say, yeah, you know, this, uh, this thing I did is related to this very uh, visually cultural thing. And um, since there's really not a lot of experts in academia right now, we we can get away with a lot of stuff, man. We can just, mm. we can go that's crazy. That's the danger of it. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. that's, that's the danger of it. <clears throat> These articles too, that are written by good journalists not just this one I'm talking about, but all kinds, they kind of, they also perpetuate this idea of uh, romanticism or metaphoric speak. They, they, some of these articles are kind of littered with that, even if it's not something. You just use the metaphor littered. Littered. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just trying to sound, trying to sound assimilated. (laughs) Littered with allegory. Littered, littered with allegory and in, innuendo. <laughs> I understand. And I agree that there is some danger in what we're talking about right now. But in what case would it be justified? And I'm trying to think for Selena's example that she shared. I mean, first it connected her back in, I think, a profound and important way, right? And then mm-hmm. also it mm-hmm. might lead to. Um, other folks reconnecting? I don't know. Is that one justification? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I keep thinking about like the use of a metaphor and what we're trying to do is um, explain um, what something means, like the significance of it. So like if you point to something and you say, there it is, um, a person can look at whatever that is and say, okay, yeah that is but what do i do with it or what does it mean what's the importance and so then you can compare it to something else and and i think that that will supply that it, it gives you a perspective right a way mm-hmm. to understand whatever the meaning is so i mean 
yeah, it it can it can be misinterpreted or it can be misapplied, but it does have a use. It can be um yeah, it, it can be the thing that will allow you to understand something. I mean, I and there is this wealth of knowledge and you're trying to um present it to somebody in a way that they can they can get something out of it. So just kind of like, all right, here. Just just look at this thing. Think of a teepee. A teepee is something you can imagine. It's it's concrete. It you know is familiar. And so then, all right, this is how this research, you know, this is how these pieces of information would fit into that model. It can be, you know, kind of this tool to understand. Overuse or misuse the idea that that's what you have to do. That bothers me because it, it doesn't seem to be authentic anymore. It's like, okay, um, play a part, you know, um, yeah. do this thing, not in the service Check of helping somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do this because I expect you to do this, not do this because it's going to help me understand. Mm-hmm. I already understand what I want to, or my perspective is that I see you in a certain way. So now you have to do this to affirm that. And it doesn't have anything to do with what you're trying to say. But it seems like it has to be something that is familiar to the audience in which you're addressing it to. Yeah. And I think that's where it seems, I, I seem to get lost. I, I don't, I can't find a, a reason why some things are described in um, in a deeply uh, indigenous way when the maybe the intended audience doesn't quite, or maybe I don't quite get this indigenous concept that they're talking about, or maybe that connection is lacking. That's I think that's where I kind of start getting an mm-hmm. issue when it seems like it's something I know about, but not really. So how useful is it? But then again, you can't you can't meet everybody's expectations i guess otherwise yeah, what, what are you going to do cripes we can't have a metaphor to meet a global audience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like trying to translate in millions of different languages But um, it brings up another metaphor that often gets used a lot, and um, that uh, that metaphor of a circle, right? I mean, we've all heard this. You know, I, I I was just diving into some research recently on the idea of the talking circle, trying to trace back to where this idea first started coming from. But a lot of the text you read, you know, uh, reference native. Natives as circular thinkers, kind of what we talked about last time, but also talking about the circle as being this really powerful symbol that's a reoccurring theme in uh, in in indigenous worldview. So, what is it? What is it, man? What is this this fascination with the circle? It's round circles rule. It's round. It's wholeness. Infinity. <laughs> It's an wholeness. It's infinity. Oh yeah. no! Here we it's go. Eternity. Here we yeah. go. You know, yeah. to be honest, I don't think about it all that much. You know, like when I do my research, I feel like I yeah. just do my work. I'm not sitting there with a conscious decision to say, like, let's make sure that this research is circular or this research right. is holistic. I just kind of yeah. like, I feel like I ask the question, I test the question, and then I give you my results, regardless of how that. I don't feel like it's at least I don't know. I don't want to feel like it's a circle or there's this conscious decision to do that. I don't know because uh, it's, it's weird, man. I know. I know. I know. About this stuff. As soon as you go to like you're trying to boil it down and get to the like the truth. 
and you say something simple like that, you're out in nature and you're looking for a circle. Well, automatically you're like Selena said, her voice, your voice even changes. You go out in nature alone (laughs) and you look around. (laughs) What do you see? A lot of irregular shapes and (laughs) things that don't have symmetry, but there is yet there is symmetry that does exist. But where's the perfect circle? Where's the circle of life my grandfather talks about? There it is. Look in the sky. The sun comes every day. Every morning, the sun says good morning. And it's a perfect circle every time. You can trust that. 24 hours. Every 24 hours, we'll see the sun again. Keep going, man. Keep going. This is good. I have a thought then what so the circle does get brought up a lot right like Marty's saying you're saying it does get brought up a lot yeah 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 uh-huh <laughs> but which which culture doesn't acknowledge the circle oh yeah 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 right i mean probably every 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 uh language has a word for a circle right yeah we could probably look I into i mean that. probably yeah. i don't know we could look into that. Let's let's Wikipedia that. Let's start a Wikipedia page for the circle. That's probably really <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that. But like it's it's all about like the relations, right? Like everything on that so like you, a circle can't really escape itself on a circle. And so everything is all yeah. in yeah. that together and yeah, I don't know. That's all Take I have to say. Out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll, you know, if we thought like that, that'd be exhausting. All things are connected. Oh man! Oh, I'm trying Christ. to do this podcast, and it's going to have this, this detrimental effect on my children in the future. And what am I? You know, if we thought like that all the time, all just the time. imagine the overload we'd have of everything's connected. Well, I, we can acknowledge that. that must but be why my brain hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the circle has the has that same connotation. Like, oh man, we got to hear about the circle again. Oh Christ! Yeah. <laughs> You know, I I I don't want I don't want to talk about a circle no more. Yeah, it's it's easy. It's an easy thing to 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 say, you know, that this represents a circle, or I'm going to put it in a circle. It's easy to associate that with uh, the modern conception of indigenous thought these days. But I I challenge that, and I think, well, no, I don't. Maybe, but I don't think so. I think there's some pretty straightforward thinking. I think there's some research results that we can gain that are fairly straightforward. So what would, what would, um, what would be the backlash for saying this in the world of, of indigenous research by us saying that maybe this whole circle idea, um, is kind of a crock art. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, no, I mean, you I know, what, what would, what would, does that hurt Indian research? Indigenous yeah, research. I, sorry, <laughs> does that hurt? So this does this, does the does the critique of this idea hurt indigenous research as a discipline, not as a philosophy, but as a discipline? Right. Because right. I would say indigenous research method in that form is kind of marketable. It is very much. Mm-hmm. It's it's it branded. branded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Branded. I said it first. Disclaimer, I think criticism and being a hater are two different things. Yes. Right. And let's I, make that clear. I would not, I'm not a hater on anyone trying to further the discipline of indigenous research. But I yes. do, when you said maybe it doesn't have to be peer reviewed, I think it should. I think yeah, anything by the right I peers. touch, yeah, anything yeah. I touch needs to be looked at by by people that I respect and and I'm willing to take their criticism. But as far as like what asking this question, it's really like, because I'm a believer, man, like I believe in indigenous perspectives. Right. But I want to do it right. I don't have the answer. I don't have, I, I don't know if I'm doing it right, but I would like to challenge the existing idea because if you challenge it and it comes out on the other side, then it's right. Then I'm willing to say, all right, whatever, I'll go with it. Then it is um, just it like is. we were talking about this telling of these deeds. You know, these guys would tell these deeds, but they would only tell deeds that could be corroborated. Somebody has right. to say, 
someone had to have said, yeah, I saw him. I saw this yeah. happen, you know, or I saw her do that. You know, you don't just talk about something. I was alone in a coulee and, you know, it's like nobody cares then. Yeah. You know, and really right. back then they were pretty harsh about this stuff. They're like, nobody saw it. You can't use it, you know. Yeah. So I would, I would want my research to kind of have the same effect. So that's why when these ideas of the talking circle, the medicine wheel, all of this stuff come up, I'm not against them. I just, they seem to be built on flimsy foundations and I could yeah. be wrong. I could be wrong, but yeah. I think my motivation is to, to help other Indian students be able to feel comfortable using their ways of knowing or even that, even that term ways of knowing sounds romanticized, <laughs> but you know, just, <laughs> just to be able to teach. Yeah from our perspective and have it just be that's, you know, they're they're without romanticism, without um, doubt, without, I don't know, all this stuff that exploitation. Yeah. Exploitation. Yeah. Just to be able to talk about it and teach it and get excited about it and not, not have to have all these layers of, I'm going to say the word colonialism on it, you know, like, cause that's all, that's what half of this stuff is, is shame around right. that. Like, I don't know. Right. And I'm probably sound a little Amish right now, but that's, that's my motivation is so that I can teach it. <laughs> so I can teach how to research from our perspective yeah. and for it to be just to be. Yeah. Now, did you say Amish or oh, Amish? I almost said, it. I almost said that. <laughs> aim, aim ish. Oh, A I M. Yeah, A American dot Indian I movement. Dot M. Okay, just let's just be clear That's on an that. Acronym. I don't know if you got a desire to. I got confused. Churn your own yeah, butter. Sorry. Yeah, that was my that was my yeah. prior accent. We're we're kind of we're always in this transition stage of trying to figure this out. So to think we're in some final stage, like we've got it figured out, yeah, that'd be crazy to say that. So things are always kind of in flux, you know. And I think on trying to understand all this stuff that are that these people did back in the eighties and nineties, who really did a lot of hard work, you know, to bring back this cultural way that we can now talk about and dog on a little bit. <laughs> I was kidding, but you know, that was important work. That was important work to to help us to to advance even further. So if we're not continuing to challenge ourselves and to challenge our peers to, to be better with that idea of just like in this Siyudlam to acknowledge those are doing good work, to pull those ones up that maybe need some help to, to be unafraid, to be brave enough to challenge each other. That's, that's, that's where the work has got to, got to get, it has to be done. Man, I'm with Selena as, um, you know, still learning and educating myself about this kind of stuff. I feel like it's very important to know the basics, you know, and to just know, to be able to teach it and to learn it. And then there comes another layer of identifying what's cliche, you know, and what's exploiting it. You know, I feel like there, there's a, another level of that. And, um, I feel like sometimes like insecure when I'm like hearing you guys talk and I'm like, Oh man, I'm such an amateur. I'm such a rookie. What do they, what do they mean? <laughs> oh, no. You know, but then at the same time, it just gets me going and it's like, I'm learning it and being able to identify the difference of what's authentic and what's really just marketing and cycling over my head is, um, it, and I guess it's reflected in our mission and what we're trying to do with the centers. We're trying to advance our understanding we're not trying to get mm -hmm. to the point of where we will fully understand. And if anything, yes. I think that if we're striving for that full, perfect, like, I don't know, idealistic level of understanding, it's almost like selfish. So I think we're always constantly going to be in this like learning mode, no matter where we're at. Mm. Yeah. So that's my motivation yeah. is I no, fully I admit I'm definitely not an expert on any of this stuff. And it's, it's fun to learn. It's fun to be critiqued and tested and, you know, have that check-in and um, feedback and stuff. But yeah, I don't think that there's this like magical full enlightenment that we're, you know, striving for. It's just advancing our understanding. I would say in the past, indigenous research has always been to justify indigenous views and in research. So it was all, the audience was the non-Indian. 
That's always, mm-hmm. it always seems to be uh, that way. Mm-hmm. I think for what we're doing and the yeah. questions we're asking, it's for Indian people researching Indian ideas and topics for Indian people. Yes. So it's a different, it's a different kind of question. Totally. And yeah. some of those methodologies won't work because the audience is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think what Sarah's saying, it actually is kind of the foundation of it. It's this idea that we're willing to ask the question, you know. I don't think that question's ever really been asked by Indian people. It's like, how do we study ourselves, you know? So uh, this 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 idea of questioning the way Indigenous research has um, begun or ideas about um, all these different metaphors of Native people, um, just doing the research itself, we're kind of just figuring out what's what's real or what's true or what uh, can apply for some people and not some other tribe, you know. Gosh, I feel like I'm supposed to say something like extraordinary and all I have is how important these conversations are to keep having. I think Sarah or Kamia, one of them said it very well in um, just being, just continuing to have these conversations, finding the balance and doing them appropriately so that we can just keep contributing to this field of indigenous research. Thank you for joining us on this episode. And to learn more, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at IRCSKC. You can find us also on Facebook and YouTube by searching SKC Indigenous Research Center. You can also visit our website at irc.skc.edu. Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our discussions on Indigenous research, Indigenous research methodologies, and indigenous worldviews. views.